0: So, Free FreakStitch, your boy Marty here to introduce this rip of TFTC. I sat down with Victor from IVPN. Very enthralling conversation. If you're a VPN user, you want to learn more about the industry, more about how everything works, things to look out for, this episode is for you. And if you're just a privacy advocate or just interested in interesting conversations, this is the rip for you. Top four boost of RIP 391, The Epic of Sudden Deaths, Epidemic of Sudden Deaths with Ed Dowd. At Eric 99, 50,000 sats. Thank you for everything you do. Keep up the great work. Stay humble, stack sats. Eric, thank you for supporting this show. Rabbit Hole Recap, Citadel Dispatch, and I, I see your activity on, on found. You're quite active. Thank you for the support of this show and all the others that you support. At Mark C, 1,000 sats, no, no, uh, no message there. At Nick underscore dose, 169 nice sats. Cheers at Joel W, 111 sats. Nice palindrome boost. The new narrative coming out is why didn't the anti-vaxxers warn us about the injections? We did. We were told to die. I I remember that, but again, if you listen to the A Doubt episode, We need to stop the adversarial mindset between the division mindset that the propaganda is thrust on us. If you haven't listened to that Ed Doubt episode, I highly recommend you go listen to it. Very important conversation and it ends on an optimistic note. This trip was brought to you by our good friends at River. It's a Bitcoin company built by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners versus an exchange. If you want to buy Bitcoin, River's the best place to do that. Why? because they build their own infrastructure. They don't have any trusted third parties. They don't depend on anybody like Prime Trust. They've built their own exchange and their own wallet infrastructure. Uh, why else should you buy Bitcoin on River? If you DCA into Bitcoin on River, you get no fees. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, and again, they're Bitcoiners, building for Bitcoiners. They want you to self-custody. They encourage you to self-custody. They'll teach you how to self-custody. There's plenty of literature on it. Uh, but if you do custody with River, uh, you can do so knowing that your Bitcoin is uh, held in multi sig cold storage with 100% reserves. No rehypothecation or anything like that. And again, they they custody it in multi sig to eliminate single points of failure for themselves and you, the customer. Uh, they also have mining hosting if you want to mine via river. Uh, You can do that as well. They have River Lightning Services, which is an API. If you're an engineer, wants to build on the Lightning Network? uh, They have this API now that you can build on to build tools, services, apps, whatever you may need to build. Uh, Lightning, you can, the River app, you can spend Lightning, receive Lightning on the app as well. Again, Bitcoin company for Bitcoiners, buy Bitcoiners. You may already have your exchange that you're using, but if you want to check off the list of making sure your Bitcoin secure uh, it's with a company run by bitcoiners integrating all the latest tech like lightning river is the exchange for you go to river.com tftc this hurt was also brought to you by good friends at unchained capital they're down the hall and like river they're looking to eliminate single points of failure but for you and your self-custody model they do this with their vault product which is a two or three multi-sig vault you hold two keys Unchain holds one. Since you have those two keys, you always have control of your Bitcoin. If you're ever in a pinch and you need Unchain to be the second in that two or three multi seat quorum, they are there for you. Excuse me while I burp. Don't laugh at me, Logan. I'm in the middle of the read. And you're just staring at me all weird. Don't do that, Logan. But I do hope you secure your Bitcoin in a two or three multisig vault with Unchain capital. They have a white glove concierge service. It's gonna get you comfortable. You go to unchain.com slash concierge, set up a call with their concierge team. They're going to get comfortable with multi sig with the vault product. They're going to send you hardware wallets, teach you how to set those up, back them up, geographically distribute them. And then they're going to onboard you to the vault, help you create your two or three multi sig vault. And then you can dump Bitcoin into it. Or you can buy Bitcoin on exchange and it goes straight to the vault. Never sits on unchain. You buy there straight to the vault. It's a beautiful thing, straight to multi sig cold storage. What else should I mention? Yeah, I, I use Unchain. I use River Unchain for my businesses. I want to do multi with partners. It's a perfect way to do that. It's a beautiful thing. I do it for multiple businesses that I run. Um, so go to unchained.com slash concierge, set up a consultation If you're an individual, uh, a family office, just a business who wants to hold Bitcoin hit up their concierge team, use the code TFTC, you'll get $50 off that concierge onboarding. Enjoy this trip with Victor. Very insightful, learned a lot. Okay. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free.
1: If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts.
0: So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where
1: central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull
0: case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Probably should be. You probably
1: should be. Victor. Hi. How's your week been? Pretty busy. What are you in town for again? Yeah, I'm in town for a conference, a uh, meeting of. Uh, VPN related people VPN providers uh people that uh develop technologies protocols and uh we got together just to get acquainted a little bit work together on stuff and uh yeah and I had some like nights (laughs) nights out as well (laughs) away from the family a little bit of a chance to go wide so yeah but now I'm very rested and ready to go so just had one interruption with a disgruntled married couple last night yeah I woke up at like 3 a.m and they were like breaking up stuff like that shooting uh like curse words at each other and like just uh yeah it's I don't think that they are together anymore but I don't know maybe I'll check on them when I go back to my hotel yeah just knock <laughs> up hey guys I heard some problems last night I just want to talk
0: you through this yeah some mediation yes that would be nice not gonna happen there's nothing worse about. not that it's happened to me but I can't imagine anything worse than Getting into a blowout fight on a trip with your wife in a hotel room—they're just forced to stay in the yeah, hotel exactly. room.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know how. To, I mean, I've heard some like uh, walk-in shouting on the corridor as well, so uh, I'm I'm not sure how they pulled it off. But just, uh, yeah, I, I was just thinking there are like I don't know 200 rooms in this hotel, so why the one next to me? But it's what it is. It's just the way it is. And
0: so, free freaks that are unaware. Victor is the COO of IVPN. That's right. Very happy to have you guys as a sponsor on Rabbit Hole Recap. Likewise. And so what, you know, we, you came to the commons yesterday. We hung out for about an hour and a half, just getting to know each other better and hear about the week. What What's a VPN con, uh, conference like? It seems like you guys are on the cutting edge of privacy and protecting individuals from either corporations or governments that want to surveil on them. I have to imagine it's a pretty heavy conference.
1: Yeah, I have to add, so we we were the VPN company that's most focused on privacy uh, and security. There was a lot of uh, entities who care more about the censorship circumvention part, Mm -hmm. uh, which means they work with uh, people in uh, Iran, uh, providing access to millions of people. And there is some tension between access and privacy. So for example, uh, at this conference, you had people from, from Google, for example, uh, because they have a VPN product that uh, that that focuses on this, but they don't care about the privacy aspect. And there was some conversations about this. Like, I mean, if you if you are in, in Iran, your first thing that you are concerned about is getting access, and that's fine. But there are a lot of um, untrustworthy, abusive entities. The uh, Iranian government might be running a VPN, telling you that like, okay, use this. It's free. It's great. It's working. And then they surveil the traffic inside the tunnel. So. Uh, it's a little bit tricky so yeah i was i was here mainly to provide that balance i was the guy who was always like standing up at every session saying like no don't don't track the data don't share the data uh, some vpn providers don't care about this that much so yeah. yeah and i guess that gets into the
0: question can you have like pure end of day censorship resistance without privacy at the end of the day cuz yes the accessibility may be there but like you said if the iranian governments running the VPN service and yes you may have access to these services online but they can see what you're doing and then go find you in meet space and shut you up Is that
1: all for not that's right and there was a guy as uh, who's a uh, Iranian I think he's not living there but he's working very closely with a lot of activists over there and he was like making a point not not being like hyperbolic like guys children are dying because you know uh, because people um, tunnel that traffic through untrustworthy entities. And that's, uh, yeah, that's fucking scary. But yeah, so our focus, IVPN's focus is mainly on the mass surveillance. So we have some obfuscation technologies, but uh, yeah, we don't, we don't uh, target these areas. We, we had, This is, this is a big, big problem to solve. And uh, we care more about the, uh, about the privacy and sovereignty aspects. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I guess for the freaks out there who may be new to vpns they may use one but they just know the marketing okay you're gonna get privacy you're not going to be surveilled you're gonna have access to sites you might otherwise not have access to what how would you describe what a vpn provider let's just use ivpn as the example like what in plain words do you guys actually do
1: from an infrastructure perspective (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, in very plain short terms, uh, what a VPN does is it encrypts the traffic between your device and the VPN server. And uh, that gives you protection against anyone who's between these two points. And that's important. So, like, like uh, your ISPs between that, someone who's operating the Wi Fi you are connecting to, at the airport, uh, hotel. Uh, that's that's between that so they are not able to see uh what's going on with your with your internet connection that's, that's good but this comes with a couple of caveats because uh, then when your traffic leaves the vpn server then it becomes unencrypted so it's not like you know uh, everything that you do will be not visible to anyone and when you use google and facebook uh, it's gonna get uh, you know obfuscated or you know it's not gonna help you with your uh, i don't know uh uh chain uh, chain analysis and stuff like that so it's just like VPN is not a like a one-button solution to all the privacy needs you have it's just one tool in the in the toolbox yeah one tool
0: in your belt but it's a very powerful tool it's uh gives me peace of mind when I turn on the VPN I know I mean we've had to use a VPN here in the Commons because there's a firewall up because some of the disgusting creatures down at Unchained Capital were We're pirating stuff (laughs) they shouldn't have been pirating. So uh, for a time, I wasn't able to get on my BTC Pay server, but we fixed that problem. But yeah, I mean, VPNs are very important tool in the tool belt. Like, I mean, we don't have to get deep into Bitcoin yet. We'll definitely dive into Bitcoin, but just sticking to like the VPN landscape. What what does that look like? You mentioned like Google's running a VPN. Uh, Yesterday, we were talking about, like, ExpressVPN and um, Internet access, private Internet access. And what's your opinion on the competitive landscape of the VPN world?
1: Uh, Well, it's a uh, pretty shady industry. So uh, there's there's a lot of actors that are clearly dishonest, or you can make an educated guess and uh, judge that they are dishonest. But, yeah, there are, like, hundreds of VPN companies. Part of my job is to know them and see what they do and like like understand uh their game uh yeah and the biggest ones uh express Nord, uh pia some others so they they are like they are reckoning hundreds of millions or like like express vpn was sold for like a billion dollars that's uh that shows like the 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 extent uh and the size of this industry Uh, and the biggest players they use um methods they they run their website they're on their services they're on they run their their marketing most importantly in a way that's really not friendly to privacy and uh, a lot of times dishonest and uh, this is how they grow to this size so if you have a vpn company that has um enough money and they promise everything to the users it's going to protect you from everything it's, it's going to give you anonymity that's the biggest that people of mine really get angry talking about that but a lot of vpn companies promise anonymity uh, and that's just not true so that puts their users uh, at risk because they expect that is going to be like a one-button solution so that's the, that's one of the biggest issues with the with the big companies and the second one is the principles so like these companies that at a, after a certain size they're just raking in so much money they are definitely going to put profits before principles which means that um, when they have to make choices and trade offs between privacy and growth they are going to go with the growth so like um giving a lot of money to google for example you might have different uh, views on that i'm i'm pretty uh, hardcore in this regard I, I we are not advertising on google and facebook we don't want to give money to this whole surveillance based ads operation that's a ethical choice we've uh, like uh, told Harbart. so the, the the biggest companies uh, they do a lot of stuff like uh, they have trackers on their websites, trackers in their apps, and everything is is uh, it's 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 a marketing um, operation, a big juggernaut that as doesn't really uh, make the kind of choices that you would be uh, uh, you would expect from a company running a privacy tool. At least you know that's my uh, my personal view. So the way we run IVPN and some there are some other VPNs out there. Say four or five that have similar views. Uh, they were here at this conference. Uh, we talked about this a little bit, and we might try to do something together to educate the users a little bit better, uh, because there's there's a long, like let's say, laundry list of things that you can check for a VPN company, and um, the biggest companies fail at 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 a lot of like check marks there. So, yeah. What are some of the
0: catch ups that users? can fall into if they enter into, they use a certain VPN that's marketing something like privacy, and it'll protect you from surveillance, and they get this false sense of security, decide to use the VPN. What are some of the the sort of slip ups Mm -hmm. that those customers wind up making because they think the VPN's actually protecting them when it isn't?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest one is is expecting that they are going to protect you from the services that you use. So uh, yeah, Google is is a clear example, or like any kind of messaging, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp. Uh, WhatsApp is probably another good example because that's encrypted. But so um, like whatever you do on a website, and you put use your personal information there, and you so you can be identified uh, by an entity like an app or a website uh, through other means so vpn when you go to website uh, the biggest uh, um benefit of the vpn is uh, is your ip address getting uh, obfuscated so they will see the ip address of the of the vpn server so they won't be able to use that data uh, which is an ip address is like a personal identifiable information um and um they can use that data to create a profile of you and then check what you've been doing and maybe track you across sites as well. Uh, but if you use a VPN, that's that's going to obfuscate it. But there are many other ways to track you. So um, they might use uh, some sort of a uh, device fingerprinting where they check what type of device you use, your screen size. Um, they might use um, um, tracking cookies, and so there are many other ways to track you, build a profile of you. If you pay, they will have your payment information, and they can call it off, off of that. So uh, it's very easy to think that uh, that after you use a VPN, you, everything you do is just completely uh, anonymous. Yeah, and going back to the anonymity thing, um, so VPNs won't make you anonymous. That's just not that's just not possible. There's so many ways that you can leak your information, um, and. Um, and the VPN, so like we can go into the threat models a little bit like and what, uh, what actually the VPN companies can protect you from and what, what are their threats um, to attack their users, but that's maybe a little, little bit going into the weeds. Um, but if you want anonymity and you, you do stuff that's really important to decorrelate your identity from your activities, Tor is a better, better option for you. And that's why a lot of companies uh, who want to give um, anonymity to their users um they, they they build in Tor uh if you if you are you know in Bitcoin and you use the services hardware wallets um and mixing services they they rely on Tor uh, for this reason which also have some uh drawbacks but that's uh yeah that's, that's yeah Tor can Tor can we trust Tor uh I can make that choice for you just like with a VPN, it's hard I mean um uh it depends on what you use it for um but uh, yeah there are many attack vectors and there are, there are many many risks there so um for uh, yeah <laughs> it's hard I mean um it has some let's say red flags generally like the whole
0: uh U.S government yeah, funding, U- yeah. U.S government funding <laughs> that, that's usually
1: okay but like I mean uh I can I can argue I'm not you know defending the whole concept but you can argue that it's it's been uh, also built, as far as I know, and I've read the, like the history uh, for um, for um, you know CIA folks you know to uh, to use, mm-hmm. and if they trust it, in a sense that rely on it, um, the the technology itself, uh, that means that the basic underlying principles are intact. In terms of like the government <laughs> surveillance, um, I mean, yeah, so that, so just to very, very um, quickly, just a rundown of how it works. So you have three hops um, and uh, the entry node uh, does not know where your traffic is going. So they don't see the, the, the traffic exiting the Tor um, network. And the exit node doesn't know who you are because they don't see the IP address. Uh, and there is a guard node in in, in between. So you know the concept is good uh it's open source um, and then you can you know anyone can poke holes in it and, and they do so conceptually it works the problem is that, like if you uh, control enough of nodes specifically exit nodes uh, and entry nodes then you can correlate with different uh, attacks timing attacks in different ways correlate the traffic go- going in and coming out and uh, and it's possible and so i, I mean can you trust it? I think you can trust the underlying technology, um, and it depends on your threat model and who, what you're concerned about, who can potentially surveil your traffic, and what's the worst case that can happen. Uh, if you're concerned about the U.S. government and you do some stuff that is really uh, sensitive in this regard, I probably wouldn't use Tor. But there are not many great great options out there. There, there are people working on the, these problems. There is uh, I2P, which I haven't used. I, I don't know much about, but I know that it exists and some people use it. Um, uh, and there's some new stuff going uh, like coming out. But uh, yeah, so VPNs are are not solving that problem. But uh, VPNs are more uh, dependable, um, more more reliable. Speed is better. But then you have to trust one centralized entity. So with Tor you don't have to do that um but with the uh, with the vpns all the traffic that you tunnel through that service uh it's yeah so the vpn provider can't do anything with it essentially they can see anything uh, they can they can uh, build profiles they can sell the traffic they can they can sell it to data brokers and some vpn companies do so that's why it's the trust is very important in the vpn as well
0: yeah there's trade offs with everything couple comments here like going back to tor maybe one thing that highlights that it may be working and useful is the fact that it's being ddos attacked so it's being attacked by a government entity maybe it's because it's working and they don't yes. want it to work anymore yeah and then back to vpns the the difference between tor which gives you some pretty Ideal privacy, if it actually works, which you can make the argument that it certainly does, since it's being attacked. VPNs are different in that you hide in a crowd. That the VPN provider provides you that that forum to hide in a crowd. Correct.
1: That's right. That's right. So like the that effect of uh, connecting to VPN server. Ideally, there are many other users there, fifty plus, hundred plus, and that gives you this so called crowding effect that you sh- you share the IP, you share the traffic going into that server. So whoever is trying to do these, um, these uh, correlation attacks against the VPN server. So uh, the way this works is the um, on the, the data centers, where the VPN servers are, uh, if there is a compromise there um, and they work together with an adversary, uh, they can try and uh, correlate the packets coming in and exiting the server, so they, they see the IPs and they see the traffic exiting, uh, but they, they cannot tell you exactly what what I am as a person or you using IVPN uh, sending into that that's encrypted, so the data center won't see that. Um, but uh, there are some ways to uh, to uh, uh, do attacks to uh, decode that traffic. So that that kind of crowding effect, uh, blending in the crowd, that's that's how it works and that's why it works. And that's why it's generally not so. There's some advice go, uh, out there which is fair in some regard. Is that run your own VPN? You can run your own VPN. It's quite straightforward now. There are ways to do that. So Google's one of the Google's projects is, is actually it's called uh, Outline, and um, and they 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 work on this. They they provide an opportunity for people to run their own VPN for their communities and then and their families and uh, you know at, for this anti-censorship stuff. That's good, um, but it has these risks that you know you. Set up your own VPN or on DigitalOcean or some other uh, other provider, and use it yourself or maybe two or three people using it. Uh, it's pretty easy to, uh, you know, connect it all that traffic to uh, your your identity. So that's why it's not. A, if you care about privacy, uh, then it's probably and you are concerned about some of these aspects that you you can be surveilled. Uh, it's probably not a good idea to run your own VPN. It's gonna. It's gonna protect you from. Uh, so it's gonna encrypt your traffic. It's gonna provide some security benefits, but it, but for privacy, it's not it's it's not a good solution.
0: Is that only if you depend on a third party cloud
1: provider? Like, how hard is it to spin up your own VPN with your own hardware? Um, not so hard. But the problem is that if if you're if you run your own server and that gets attacked, uh, so that's I mean, or gets seized or something like that, then you know, shit out of luck. Yeah. So um essentially what you are do, um, outsourcing with that uh, to a VPN provider like IVPN is to you know um you trust them with the uh information um, security aspects uh, that it's not going to get compromised not going to get hacked uh and then you also get the the uh, crowding effect so that's that's why it's generally better for privacy yeah and
0: Going back to our discussion yesterday, when you were in the comments, you're saying when an individual is basically doing their shopping for a VPN service, there's some heuristics, particularly around pricing, that can give a user signals as to whether a VPN is actually working on their behalf or using them as some sort of data mule to sell to data brokers.
1: Yeah. So when you are evaluating VPNs, there's a lot to look for um and i have uh i i have a long list in my mind but like one thing that's immediately red flag for me is the you have to consider their business model how they make money most of the free vpn's uh that's we can start there that's um uh, usually red flag there are some services that have like paid tiers and free tiers and uh, uh, and they can be trustworthy uh, there there are a couple but not many uh but if 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 the, if if you use a free vpn they have to make some money somehow so they the most likely scenario is that they that they sell your traffic um in in, in some way uh it can be used for many uh, many purposes and the other thing is if the vpn is very cheap so you can get some vpns for like lifetime deals and stuff like that for uh, 60 bucks uh, i mean just generally lifetime de- how do you how do you service someone you know <laughs> for the next uh, 40 years, 50 years, whatever, uh, it's just not sustainable. And so if you, if you see a VPN, that's like costing like, um, for three, three years, uh, 60 bucks or 50 bucks, under, under $2 generally, you know, there's costs, a lot of costs associated with running the service, just the bandwidth, running the servers and, uh, just keeping the operations going. So if it's very, very cheap. Under two bucks per month, that's that's probably uh, you can make a guess that they are they have to make some some extra extra revenue in your traffic. So that's not really good. What are some of the other
0: heuristics that people should be aware of when they're shopping around for VPNs?
1: Yeah, some of them uh, are easy to check. Some of them not so much. If you don't have the uh, background or you don't know uh, much about the underlying technology uh yeah the first one for me is uh definitely the how they communicate what they promise so stuff like a uh, b- lot of big VB, uh, VPNs like go with uh, promising anonymity perfect privacy that's just like I mean I uh, what's I don't even get it but um they promise uh, yeah and, and stuff like saying like military grade encryption uh which is just like a marketing buzzword there's such thing doesn't exist uh, so th- how they communicate—that's that's definitely one. Um, and uh, yeah, some important stuff to look for whether they have open source uh, apps at least. Um, that's 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 a clear distinction between VPNs that I trust and uh, don't. That they they don't have open sourcing, uh, open source apps. There's no uh, scrutiny to what's happening on the on the app side. Um, yeah, audits, uh, that's th- that's a tricky one for like an average user, let's say, because it's hard to uh, know what kind of audits to trust. A lot of uh, bullshit VPN services have their like, we are audited, we have no logs uh, audits, and they are audited by auditors that have, you know, no idea what, uh, what they're looking for. And uh, so audits are tricky. Uh, the scope matters, who's doing the audit matters. And yeah, audits are just uh, like a snapshot in time. So let's say I do a no logs audit, asking auditor to look into our systems or our infrastructure, and they say, okay, we find no evidence that that, that 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 you're logging. And the next day, I can just change change the code. I can just change the configuration of the servers, and I can start logging immediately. So that's why this is. It's, so security audits are there to improve the systems. It's a signal for you, you know, that 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 you can reasonably uh, trust um, a service, but uh, but it's not like a stamp of approval that you can just okay so they are immediately good um well
0: let's stick on audits for a second because that's like one thing sure. I mean in Bitcoin with CoinJoin implementations with coordinators yeah the coordinators are saying hey we're not logging and you just essentially have to trust that they're not logging and similar things with lock explorers so hey we're not going to log your traffic when you're pinging the Explorer for a particular address Um, that's a big question. Like how do you give an end user confidence that logging isn't happening? You can never have perfect confidence because you can never really know. But what is, like, what is it like? Like, like how do you actually like not log? What's the process that goes in there? So the question is like, how how do we prove that? Or how do we... How do you prove, or first how, like when traffic comes through, like how do you not log that? Like it feels like it has to be logged at least ephemerally for a certain period
1: of time. Do you delete data? Do you simply not store it? Yeah, not store it. I mean, there's the, the so if, if um, yeah, I, I have uh, colleagues who could explain this much better than I do, yeah. like the actual technical implementation. But the, the, the basic concept is, is like the, when, uh, so on the servers, uh, you have the function for this, to create the logs and it just goes to null so like i mean it just goes to the void uh, so so i mean you can going into the i don't know the 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 physics and the meta, metaphysical aspects so i mean there there is a point in time where that information exists in our systems but mm-hmm. it's but it's it's immediately gone so, yeah yeah so only um, and the way to and that's that's touching could be touching on uh, another trust aspect is the is the privacy policy of the of the vpn provider so if you check the privacy policy of the vpn provider um you have a couple of different ways that uh providers approach it one is that it's a very convoluted legalese you know like these very very long explanations and that like nobody a lot of, reads sir? that nobody reads exactly and, we, and <laughs> when you attempt to read it you just get you know just like get a headache in like two minutes uh and in those usually not always but usually there's all these exceptions and all these like in the event of and like and they 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 try to you know uh, make it so that they don't have to use you know assume liability for all the stuff. Um, and if you dig deeper, there's usually like in some cases with certain third parties, we sh- we share the information to improve the service and for marketing purpose. And that's that's the stuff that like you will find in some of the big big players. And if you care about privacy and you want a service that actually respects that, then you just immediately just just go away. Um, what's uh, yeah uh and the the better vpns a couple of out there us as well uh we have a very clear concise privacy policy that is actually like the question and answers if like if i if i were talking to you when you were asking me all these questions we just like uh spread it out very clearly and for us we explain that the, we we only log one thing um which is uh a one user uh, how many uh, connections they have initiated and we have a temporary log of this no identifying information just a number one device two device three device four device and if all the connections are closed then we discard it so we cannot give it you know re- re- retroactively so going back in time we cannot give that information yeah and of course yeah i mean you need to log some stuff in the sense that like for example we have server um uh, um, information, uh, graphs, and like connection informations, and we need to understand the aggregated information of what's happening on the server. So, for example, to we have a server that has a one gigabit bandwidth cap, and you know if if we see that the aggregated bandwidth on that server is getting close, then we have some alerts and we have to you know increase the bandwidth, install new servers. So you can argue that that these are logs. You know, of course. Um, but the logs, the most important question is is, this, is is these logs are ones that concerns the user, concerns that data, concerns their personal personally identifiable information. And yeah, for that we don't we don't log anything. so
0: yeah yeah. and you said one of the heuristics, the important thing to look out is are is your VPN service leveraging open source software? are they building their apps in an open source fashion and then? One thing that we touched on yesterday that we should probably dive into is WireGuard, which yeah. hit the scene in 2017 yeah. and provided this open source sort of architecture for VPN services. What has WireGuard meant to the VPN industry?
1: Yes, WireGuard. before WireGuard, uh, the main protocol was OpenVPN, which is a like a very old, convoluted, uh, slow uh, protocol. Um, and WireGuard essentially uh, Jason, who's uh, um, built that serv- like um, that protocol, uh, his idea. He's seen that there is a need for, for for a new new approach for this. So the the main properties and the main why it's really good is because it's uh, it's very fast and, and the code base is very short, so it's easy to audit, uh, and um, it just um, the whole focus is of, of what it solves is, is very narrow. So for that reason it's very easy to build build on it and uh, when it came out um, a couple of companies uh, like started building on using it right away so the first ones uh, there was one smaller VPN company but Mova definitely was the first uh, who was de- deployed on the servers and we were the first to um, to bake it into our apps so that's that was a like a pretty nice achievement for IVPN uh got we got some press for that and uh some uh yeah that was a that was a great project for us um yeah but but wireguard has a, a couple of issues which I cannot explain in like detail, but um it's not built for privacy generally, so you have to solve a couple of issues uh like around uh, key rotation um and how so if you just deploy it right away into your vpn service uh, it's gonna it's it's going to not going to provide so-called uh, perfect forward secrecy so uh things uh, when um so the key rotation part is important because uh, that generates new key pairs uh, in uh, given time frames uh, and that uh, essentially discards the connection and the and the information between who's the client um, and the service so like you you essentially create a new persona something like that that's the that's the easiest way to explain it so you had to solve all this all these problems and a lot of providers didn't jump on the chance to implement it because they they thought that they can't solve it and um and they were afraid that like WireGuard is not audited enough and stuff like that. But the forward-singing providers like jumped on that uh, pretty early on, and now you will see it in for for most providers. Yeah. And the other thing is um, some providers, which I personally don't like, uh, what they've done is taken the WireGuard protocol and it's open source. Anyone can build on it, which is which is great. Uh, but what they've done is like uh, built their built their protocol on top of the WireGuard uh, code base and added some stuff like to make it faster or make it work better for uh, censorship circumvention this is fine and they've given it another name uh, and now they use it like okay so we have the lightweight protocol we have this and that's so, I mean it just uh, I mean just use the thing <laughs> it's bad open source yeah <laughs> yeah something like that so uh so yeah that's that's the but yeah but WireGuard is great uh it's definitely uh uh was like a let's say revolutionary step um, in the industry and uh, and yeah that's that's the default protocol for us now and uh yeah it's it's great
0: yeah and so let's dive into actually using a VPN in the most private way possible and we can start with payments for the VPN like you were discussing yesterday that you're disgusted by how many IVPN clients still use PayPal to pay for the service <laughs> obviously you guys have implemented uh bitcoin lightning payments monero as well um and you have credit card payments as well and so when like a user is actually buying the service there is some some privacy leak there depending on the payment method that you use
1: that's right that's right yeah so the most private way uh, i mean uh, the first step is like how much information you give to the service Uh, and that's so we don't we don't ask for email we don't ask you just press a button and you generate an account we don't log your ip we don't do it. so i mean uh there's no way for us to connect uh any kind of information about you uh at that stage and then you have to pick a payment method the most the best way i guess is me handing you a voucher <laughs> uh that i don't see so that that's uh if you see me anywhere, uh, now, not, not, now you know my face, uh, and I'm I'm doxed, I guess. Uh, you can ask for a voucher, uh, so that's that's the that's the best way. But you know, going on the list like uh, cash, uh, we accept cash. You can mail uh, cash to us in an envelope then know, with no identifiable information. That's great. Um, of course, Lightning using Lightning would be better than on chain for Bitcoin. We have we have Monero, so. Uh, If you pick those methods, then essentially the VPN service, and in this case, IVPN, uh, will have no way to connect any of this information. And anyone who's trying to attack you or attack us, uh, the way you do it through payments is to, uh, is to subpoena the payment provider. So credit card company, payment processor, like Braintree, uh, PayPal, um, and they will see that you are using IVPN. And they can, and they will come to us. Okay, the good news is that we don't have any kind of informa- other information. So if you trust us and you trust that we do everything as we say, um, then uh, then that's good. But the but but the but the pay- payment provider can't give away uh, like when you were signed up, when you signed up. So essentially, it what it can give you is, is a, um, assurance and uh, another way to to mitigate the risk of the payment provider uh, essentially outing you as the user of a service. Yeah. That's why it's important.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned Lightning. This is something Matt and I talk about on Rabbit Hole Recap and something that excites us about more point-of-sale systems here in the United States implementing Lightning payments specifically is that Lightning certainly has its privacy issues, but that's particularly yeah. on the receiving end. From yeah. a sender's perspective, you have pre. Pretty good privacy, and so like paying for IVPN over BTC Pay server is, and ideally done with Lightning, because the sender privacy is far superior to on-chain privacy with with the UTXO set.
1: That's correct. Yeah, and you touched on the BTC Pay part. So I yeah. So if you wanna evaluate the VPN services and. uh uh, Want to see who uh, cares about this stuff and who cares about uh, Bitcoin, for example? Uh, it's very well not that easy, but uh, you know if you if you know the BTCP um, implementation and how that looks like, uh, and and the the service communicates it. So IVPN and some other services, a few of them, um, accept Bitcoin directly without any kind of intermediaries. But most services, the bigger services, um, everyone uses an uh, intermediary like. Uh, BitPay, not sure who else, Coin, CoinGate. Uh, BitPay, imagine OpenNode would be one. Um, yeah, a couple others. So, I mean, uh, uh, it's good that they accept Bitcoin, uh, but uh, but that's still intermediary that, that will have information about that transaction. So uh, it's not that good for privacy. So you should use a VPN service that accepts uh, Bitcoin directly
0: and runs their own server exactly their own btc pay server exactly and you guys are bitcoiners right like as you were mentioning yesterday a lot of those vpn providers that accept bitcoin but do it via a BitPay or another centralized third party are likely just using it as a marketing tool and are probably converting the bitcoin to their local currency immediately
1: exactly so if you if you have a business and you um and you think about the risks of uh, exchange rates um then if you want to rake in the, the fiat and use it immediately you know for expenses and all this kind of stuff it's 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 much riskier to to hold uh hold hold bitcoin so yeah you have to you have to mitigate that risk and that's the easiest way to do it just uh yeah just uh j- just give me the cash so or give me the fiat I'm not sure about the so, yes, yeah, so we we've been accepting Bitcoin for a long time, and we uh, we are always on the lookout to help adoption. And um, yeah, the, um, the the privacy aspect is definitely what we are, like we are concerned about. So we are on the lookout to implement stuff into our website and service um, to help help Bitcoiners and uh, maybe work and support projects in the space. I'm, re- I'm I spend. Um, Good amount of time on this from my you know time allocated for work and improving ivpn as well so yeah
0: but are we allowed like, to talk about some of the projects
1: you're excited about that we were mentioning yesterday or sure yeah so Fediment is the is the one uh, that's that's jumped out for me listening to a couple of podcasts um i think uh, matt had an episode on the dispatch about it and and some some other podcasts so uh, yes, Fedimint um, is a um, is a project that could be really good for for privacy, Bitcoin space. So, uh, should I just explain a little bit Yeah, yeah, we can jump into. Yeah, so uh, so Fedimint um, it uses uh, so called Chomian e-mints, um to so Bitcoin. Uh, I mean, yeah, I didn't prepare for this part. So, but so there is a f- federation of guardians, who essentially um, act as a sort of a community bank. So there is no one entity doing the custody, but it's uh, the the trust is distributed. And within that community bank, um, when the Bitcoin goes in, um, it's it gets exchanged for uh, mints. It's chomini mints. Um, And within that, um, who's in that um, in that federation as a user? Um, the money exchanging hands between that. It's 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 um, it's done with these minted coins, uh, and you can spend outside of of this federation um, through Lightning. Essentially, that's the
0: yeah. And so these Charlie mints, like we we were playing around with Cashier yesterday, yeah. Stashnut that app. If you guys want to try it out, but it's really cool. Like you mint. These e tokens, you they, you want to get into the mint. You basically create an invoice, like, "Hey, I want a thousand sats worth of e tokens, and one token is equal to one sat." In this federation setup, it could be differently set up in others, but for this example, one sat is one e token. You produce a lightning address, or excuse me, lightning invoice. You pay it, and you send the bitcoin to the mint, converts it to e tokens, and then bam, you're in the mint. Uh we should note that that cat shoe is not federated. It's just centralized mint with one one operator. But I think it's just a proof of concept to prove what these mints can do. Yeah. Um and then once you have those tokens, the way these mints work, they use blinded signatures within the mint. And so when you're sending these tokens inside the mint, the blinded signature setup makes it so that the, the operator of the mint, whether it be uh, one centralized entity or a federation of many entities has no idea who's sending what to who
1: exactly yeah that's the that's the part of the concept that i've i've, I've left out there, and and a very important aspect so that's what it, it gives you a a lot better privacy so
0: yeah. yeah and then yeah i mean i'm excited about this it's a very controversial topic in the bitcoin space because there is a custody trade-off you are trusting that the federation the guardians in the mint aren't doing anything like rug pulling you or sneaking inflation into their yeah. mints um, on the back end but running with the theory that some mints can be trustworthy if you can trust the guardians in the mint it could ideally be a very incredible solution to the privacy problem that exists within bitcoin particularly on chain with the utxo history
1: Exactly. And that's why we are excited about it. And that's why that's what I've identified as a, an opportunity for us to contribute. Because, what, as a VPN service, the biggest thing that we have is trust. Uh, I mean, not for everyone, like someone's first hearing about us, I'm, I guess I'm just building the trust. But uh, for a lot of people known IVPN, used IVPN, uh, we have a lot of users. And for them, um, they would trust us. And I think that for, for the Fetiment concept, uh, that's the biggest question mark for me, whether you will have enough of a federations with enough trustworthy guardians, uh, who you can be reasonably sure that they are, you know, not going to collude to rug for you. So, and that's what is going to be uh, the key decider, I think, on this concept, getting validated or not. And if we can contribute to that, we can find other companies, um, other privacy tools or some other companies in the space uh, who would want that project to succeed, get together, build federations, one federation, multiple federations, then we can we can validate this concept. So you need to, you know, uh, put your put your way behind that to trust way behind that, I guess to, to make it work. So yeah, this is also like, uh, I guess it's an open call if you're listening to this, and you, you would like to uh, be part of that as a company or it can be an in, in individual as well of course there are some criterias uh for us and for the other guardians who are interested in this we are just putting this together uh, of course we we won't accept anyone uh but uh, yeah we are we are still looking for people who are interested in this so to complete that Guardian set yeah and I was I was excited to learn that you're
0: already exploring this and want to be a part of a federation because it just naturally makes sense for many reasons. Two, most importantly, like a VPN provider, if it's trustworthy and if it it's mission-driven and really wants to help individuals uh, attain censorship resistance and privacy as they peruse the web, uh, it would make sense they want to do the same thing when they're transacting and sending value between each other and then on top of that, I think you guys are just perfectly suited for this particular use case because you're used to running servers and part of being a guardian is that you need to run a server that has optimal uptime and that's your bread and butter
1: definitely definitely and uh, and also like how you how you uh, protect the keys and stuff like that so we are we are in that business so yeah definitely um yeah so yeah excited about that um and uh, yeah, but the the challenge right now is to find find out find other guardians. So we like we have no uh, because the the interesting thing about this we we have no clear way of profiting from this. There's no profit model, business model um and uh, and also it's it's a risk for us because if we if if anything goes wrong you know our reputation in other areas can be damaged as well so you have to take that leap and like say okay so uh, we can do some great stuff here and like let's 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 try and contribute um not many other companies might be uh, so willing uh, of course there are risks it's a it's an unvalidated concept but uh, yeah i really hope that uh, we'll find find more partners for that I do as well. I'm really
0: excited about Fetamins. I know it's, again, controversial Bitcoin, but I think the trade-offs are worthwhile. And if you can find trustworthy guardians, obviously trust is a spectrum. You can never have perfect trust, except for the only perfect trust you can ever have is with yourself and your thoughts and your mind. Um, (laughs) But it's this weird, nebulous area that we find ourselves in. And I, I guess we can jump into that, like trust. Like listeners who are basically saying hey, like why why should i purchase a ivpn subscription are these guys legit like why have you decided to dedicate your life to not only the vpn space but IV, ivpn specifically like what gets you out of bed every day mm-hmm. to to evangelize what you guys are doing at ivpn
1: sure i mean there's um one so about the service um so the our ceo nick has started it like uh, 2009 2010 i'm not sure like when, when exactly that. yeah around that but yeah so he was working in the uh banking in, uh, industry as an information security analyst auditor and he has seen like all the information that the bank banks collect, and you know, he just freaked out <laughs> about that. So he was looking at different ways to protect privacy and build tools. So he was pretty early uh, in that game. And then the Snowden thing happened, which like completely um, made it much more apparent for people that uh, that uh, this is not going to be good, and uh, you have to use these tools. Uh, yeah, me, me personally. Um, yeah, a couple of things. I've I've um, I've worked in um, I work for uh, um, websites in the adult industry. It's interesting that I've I've I picked up that you've uh, touched a lot about the don't don't watch porn aspect. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I worked in that industry and I've I get out because of that. Uh, I was uh, I just, you know, just thinking about the um, like the impact uh, on individuals. It got really scary. And also the impact on the on the, the data collection and the advertising so the 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 way that the um, that the free porn um, business model is, is is built on advertising and the way that it got so supercharged and like got so prevalent is because a lot of money uh, were put into building good ad networks with good targeting collecting information and the paid sites dating sites campsites, uh, membership sites—they—they've seen that opportunity to subsidize, you know, the, the free aspect, and there's a lot of tracking and a lot of lot of profiling going on there. So I've seen that from the inside, and I got really freaked out about that. And for these two reasons, I've got out of the industry, and I was I was thinking about what to do with my life, um, and uh, and then I found IVPN. I was looking for someone like me, and um, and um, yeah, I've, i just started digging into this whole whole question why it's important and you know it's pretty similar the the privacy and surveillance literature and rabbit hole uh is very similar to bitcoin in the aspect that like if you just go into it and you start seeing everything that's happening it's just there's no escape it's just like it just uh eats eats at your brain it's just like that doesn't stop you from thinking about it that you see all everything that's happening you connect all the dots and it's just like this is just fucking insane. I just have to do something to stop this. So
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the porn industry is warping your mind and your your endorphins and your dopamine. Exactly. And your relationship to women or men. And then it's stealing all your data and selling that on the back end. It's a very acidic industry. Yeah, I agree. Um, no, it's, it's and it takes a lot to recognize that shit that you're involved in is bad and to to step away from it. Yeah, how long did it take you to do that?
1: Yes, yeah, so, I mean, uh, um, so yeah, I'm I'm from Hungary, and uh, one of the biggest IT businesses in Hungary is running uh, a campsite, you mm-hmm. know, like the with the, with the camp girls. Yeah, yeah. The, stuff uh, like
0: that. Andrew Tate's getting wrapped. Yeah, up. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. So
1: I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah, I know. I I mean, I don't know his operation, but like, I, I've I've known people running stuff like that in Colombia and other spaces. Philippines just exploiting. Yeah, let's get into that. I I, I can talk about it for a long time. But um, uh, so yeah, so i so the biggest IT businesses and, uh, you know, my focus and my ideas were out I was living on the internet and um, I wanted to work in an environment like predominantly English. Uh, I was like 21, 22. And that was the like clearest way to get into the whole uh, game so that's why i started there and i spent a couple of years there and uh yeah i've done i've done uh, a lot of different stuff um but yeah but it took a couple of years to get there and the the risk there so if, if you get into this industry like this um then you build your relationships you build your trust and the 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 equity you know and your expertise and if you want to get out that's completely you know it's, it's so shielded off from everything else that it's com- you, you go back to zero. You mm-hmm. have to rebuild your whole, everything that you do. So that's why it's it's tricky because it like captures you a little bit mm-hmm. and you get into this um, mode where like, okay, so I just need to find and do something else. So it's pretty pretty risky, but yeah, it was. Yeah, so so uh, I read a study. Uh, it was like six years ago, seven years ago. It was pretty fresh and it was done in Sweden on like a large data set, like tens of thousands of uh, um, uh, teens uh in Sweden they had the option to you know get approval for that um and they have surveyed people and looked at different metrics for a couple of years so it was like a that was a longevity to the whole whole thing and it came out that like the teenagers who are um um watching porn regularly they yeah this whole warping effect of what you're saying so that's that's scientifically proven now I, I guess I mean of course you know academics and there's always caveats but uh but that 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 study have proved that there is the relationship to sexuality relationship to women generally just the the trust factor and everything else is just like it's 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 like off the charts bad yeah uh so it's and wh- when i read that 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 was a point where I was like, okay so i cannot uh, reason against this or deny this f- for myself you know i don't want to i don't want to con- contribute to this I'm seeing all these numbers millions of people using uh, free porn sites in I don't know Bangladesh and in India and all this I mean what the fuck am I doing so I have a soul yeah, yeah exactly so that <laughs> that was no yeah and the and the other thing is like I, I was thinking about starting a family and thinking hard about like okay so I I might have a daughter which I have now uh, and it's just like okay I cannot. I kind of do this stuff. I mean, if she's getting older and it's like, okay, so like, dad, what's your line of work? And it's like, okay, so uh, her that is a fireman, his that is an accountant and I'm, you know, I'm peddling free porn. That's just, that's that's, (laughs) not something uh, you want to tell your daughter. No, no, definitely not. No,
0: but you don't even need the studies to recognize that it's warping people's minds. I think we're seeing, certainly seeing like effects on the dating culture that exists predominantly here in the United States with all these dating apps. It's It's like people just flip on the app and they go shopping for who they're going to do the, uh, the porn sex acts on. Exactly. And it's, it's warping. It's created this very degenerate culture. And I've admitted on the show too, I was, I watched a lot of porn growing up, but yeah, that's similar to me. I I had children. I was like, ah, I can't be, this is, they have a mother that I love and this is not, yeah, this is not a uh, the way to be living your life. But no, it's it's got people by the balls, literally. <laughs> and, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but no, it's I'm very happy to hear that you recognize that you had a soul, got out of it, and now you're contributing to something that is actually a net benefit to society, a massive net benefit. And you're combining two net benefits, which would be giving people censorship resistance and privacy, and then integrating Bitcoin into your stack and you were telling me yesterday you didn't really get into Bitcoin until you started working at IVPN is that correct
1: that's correct I mean I had some friends who are like uh, uh, playing around with Bitcoin and uh, yeah I I remember at one of these companies that we we just talked about one um, system administrator uh, never talks uh, very reserved Uh, you know the bordering on the genius and insane type of person he was like uh coming and saying like uh I have uh, mined like I don't know uh tens of thousands of doge coins in 2014 <laughs> so uh I wonder what he's doing right now maybe he's I don't know anyways uh, so yeah that's what I mean I, I, I got I, I got exposed to the, um, the concept and just like looking at Bitcoin and yeah I've, I've uh, when when I started here um yeah I was just like going into death rabbit hole as well and interestingly, for a couple of years, I was I was really I was to say I, I was fan of the different ICOs and like the Web3 concepts. But I was I was I was coming from the side where um, I I've seen the potential, you know, in uh, in, in in some projects, um, and I could see why they are starting their uh, own coins and why that concept is something that is that could be useful but yeah over the years just going deeper and deeper and just like seeing I think this this has been said and some people observe but like as as you spend more and more time in the space you just get narrow and narrow and narrow and just like you just realized I mean for me they're just like two projects and for IVPN as we talked about Monero uh yeah so like I mean I I save in Bitcoin and I spend in um, in Monero you you might disagree with that that's that's fine I mean the, the um the Monero part but you know i've, I've arrived to the conclusion that everything else is just uh bullshit or vaporware or scam <laughs> in the worst case yeah yeah
0: no i mean we've had uh plenty of monero debates on this show and online and i mean individuals are free to do what they want i'm not i'm not going to try and police anybody i think And we are very open with this on Rabbit Hole Recap and this show. I mean, it's objectively true that Bitcoin's privacy assurances are subpar at the moment. That's right. I do think they are getting better over time. They will continue to get better. Um, And I think there's an order of operations to all of this. Uh, You need the distributed network. You need to get monetary policy. You need adoption and protocol uh, improvements and second layer solutions are going to bring much better privacy to Bitcoin over time, and it is happening. We were mentioning, yes, Chaumian uh Lightning has good sender privacy with Taproot. You'll be better, be able to get better on-chain privacy. It's going to bork some of the uh, the heuristics that these surveillance companies are using. But yeah, it's uh it's an inter- interesting conversation, and yeah, it, it depends on what your use case is
1: yeah for for me with Monero is like the the potential hidden inflation problem is the what's concerning for me so that's why I wouldn't uh start saving or like holding uh large amounts uh but for buying services it's it's it works out great and uh yeah so that's why I mean Bitcoin is definitely the vehicle my some of my uh I don't know family savings and stuff like that is going going to uh, into Bitcoin. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that with Monero, so.
0: And how does, uh, feel free not to answer this question, but do you guys hold like a Bitcoin treasury at IVPN?
1: Yeah, that's the part I don't want to talk about okay. for like the security reasons. I mean, I'm, I'm not personally, I'm not responsible for that area. And the person who's responsible for that area would rather not talk about it. Yeah. And, and you know, if, if they, I mean, it's, it's their choice so I don't yeah. want to I want to make the choice here and we don't have to. Okay, uh, all right. We can go,
0: it. We can go on to uh the one question I forgot to ask earlier but like what
1: how do you guys get attacked? Uh you mean just generally for the VPN service? Yeah. Yeah, right, of do course
0: your, do your servers get attacked or
1: are you Yeah, I mean uh, nothing out of the ordinary. I mean it's also hard to like like, like disentangle what exactly is happening who's doing that and stuff like that but yeah but like um we get ddos of course and various attacks on our login forms and yeah people trying to get into accounts but yeah so the the good the good thing is that we are not so big uh so in this respect not um, yet (laughs) yeah (laughs) not yet um yeah I mean we've talked about the marketing and the, and the other parts. So we have, we are pretty hardcore in like in many respects, we don't do uh, ads, we don't do YouTube sponsorships for like bullshit influencers and stuff like that. So we are not very likely to get as big as a, a lot of VPN companies, but that's that's fine. I would rather serve the users who respect and understand what we do and like uh, get, you know, work with them for a long time. Um, but yeah, so, uh, uh, so for that reason, we are not really in the crosshairs of like, uh, uh bigger more sophisticated um entities let's say um and then the other thing is like about the anti-censorship and, and different parts so we have um we have a free campaign for free access in ukraine and russia because we have some colleagues in um in ukraine and that's like pretty something that's pretty close to our hearts we cannot serve other areas that's just like too resource intensive but for example our service and i don't know Probably Russian censors are, are not listening to uh, TFTC, but who knows? This is a global podcast. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we still, in, in large parts, we still work in Russia, but a lot of VPN services are blocked. So there are some advantages of using a VPN service that is like a little bit off the radar. And yeah. Yeah. Why has the web gotten to a point where
0: we need VPNs?
1: That's a good question. <laughs> yeah and this in this conference that i'm attending there was some like uh, questions about this and like some out of the box thing. let's say where like okay we if we were to rebuild the internet it would definitely like build it in a way that you want to take away the surveillance aspect uh, and it would be nice the, we, we are one of the few services i think and this is goes back to the principles before profits profits before principles stuff You know we say and nick's been our ceo has been very vocal about this if we get to a point where you don't need a vpn we'll just close up shop we'll we'll do something else reevaluate where else we can create value build something else we don't care uh but we we are not there yet and we have these conversations like okay so what's going to happen if in any way just a legislation or a meteor or something like just completely it's like destroys the whole context that why we exist and yeah we'll be happy about that because then uh, these privacy issues that uh, doesn't happen but yeah uh, to answer your question uh, like free free is a big incentive for people uh and they don't understand the trade-offs just give me the one solution that i can use right now with a good ux and it's free uh, and that's where where we ended up with uh, Gmail. That was a big thing. I think that's that's a pivotal thing where they realized that like, okay, so these people really need the free email service with like uh, one gigabyte. I don't know how much was that like the and that's like people are like, okay, wow, uh, they they didn't understand so Google understood very well like the the value of the data going into that and the trade-offs that people are making without knowing it but they didn't explain it so like yeah so anyone anyone's listening and doesn't notice if you use Gmail it gets uh completely scanned analyzed mined and internally used for surveillance and targeting purposes for all across all Google products so yeah not yeah. a good
0: choice we've made a concerted effort to de-Google ourselves here at tftc we were discussing it uh not this but we brought up Proton Mail yesterday yeah. and that's what we've the business, our email is run on a Proton Mail. Yeah, and um, I'm, I'm trying to de Google yeah. myself as much as possible. It's hard though. Hard. It, the UX hard is very good.
1: Yeah, and people get hooked on free, and that's that. That's the point. I mean, but you you pay with your data, you pay with your profiling information, and then <coughs> that's get to a point where, uh, where you get. Uh, attacked in a sense that like so so what's what's why it's so valuable is because you get profiled and your attention is very um very uh, very valuable uh, in aggregate and in and in in individual as well so like this whole i have nothing to hide argument against privacy you know uh, that may be true but everything that you do is collected analyzed, mind and and that's that's very very valuable and then you lose your so, um, sovereignty because you get targeted with uh, with ads, with misinformation, um, and uh, you know, and in, in worst cases, uh, depending on where you live and what happens with you, you will get on some lists. You will get uh, scrutinized, and, and that's the that's the threat with the with the Bitcoin aspect. So as we move along in this adoption and this whole um, tensions between the sovereignty and um, and and governments trying to control all the information on the money flows and everything else you know um using a vpn you might not help with the bitcoin privacy problems but you will help with with this aspect the general privacy problems which can prevent uh, you know that information that you are visiting sites related to bitcoin you are using uh, different services regarding bitcoin you're maybe you're mining bitcoin so uh, you know your IP address will be hidden and so so that that's that helps you with that aspect where you uh, won't get on those lists won't get scrutinized uh, and yeah that's why it's uh, it's important maybe it's I've weirded off a little bit from our starting but, point but yeah
0: that's a good good point to bring up but I mean you mentioned that you're exploring, uh like chummy mints and stuff like that and we brought up proton mail obviously a proton mail proton vpn do you guys see your product offering expanding mm-hmm. beyond a vpn service
1: yeah we talked about it um two reasons that why that hasn't happened yet so one is that um when you use privacy services uh there's an argument that can be made um that it's not might be not good to put all your eggs in one basket, so you're trusting one entity with all your services. Uh, if that service gets hacked, or fails, or get attacked by government, or they just got malicious, get you know, become malicious for some reason, uh, then you're completely fucked. <laughs> and if you just like uh, spread it around a little bit, then you are just like partially fucked, I guess. So that's 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 one argument. Uh, and I, we as a business, uh, think that's 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 a good argument against uh, doing this type of thing um and then the 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 other thing is like we uh we have a lot of people I, I I personally and like Nick as well uh we've we've used to work in like big organizations corporate environments a lot of like layers and a lot of uh, like uh, top-down control and stuff like that hierarchy yeah hierarchy we don't we don't really like that and our business is running on a very flat everyone has a lot of autonomy uh there's no you know nine to five there's no like uh, a lot of project management and like accountability in a sense that like you have to submit these reports and like so we, we are pretty uh, open and free in this regard and uh, after you grow you know to a certain size you cannot't really do that so if you have having a plan of like getting like capital injection and like big growth and like let's grow the company from 15 people to 30 40 um, 50 that's a whole different ballgame. and it might happen i'm i'm not saying that's out of the question but it's we are kind of like uh mindful of this uh like the sustainability uh, of the business and just like the growth aspect so yeah yeah
0: and there's i mean not to bring back the bitcoin treasury conversation but <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be ivp and specific but again if we do believe that bitcoin adoption is going to continue to increase, which due to the scarce nature of the asset will, will cause the value of Bitcoin to increase. It does present this unique opportunity for companies like IVPN that would like to keep that flat hierarchy and the autonomy and the, the scalability of the team and the ability of the team to do what they want without having to sell their soul to actually do that. Like, which is a really encouraging prospect where the companies like IVPN if they hold a Bitcoin treasury, have the ability to self-fund themselves in the future off of Bitcoin's price appreciation, and actually do things the right way without having to sell out.
1: Definitely, yeah, and like I mean, uh, and this brings to, to another point, uh, which is the price. So our, our service is uh, on the more expensive side, let's say. I mean, I think fair, not like uh, crazy. So I think like it's hundred, very fair. Yeah, so it's like a um, for our pro plan, which is the full plan. It's a hundred bucks per year and longer plans are cheaper. Um, but it's, uh, when I talk about this and, and get, and people ask about this, uh, we have to point out that like, so we, we don't, uh, small companies don't have uh, different advantages like economies of scale. So ne- negotiating uh, c- costs on the cost side, you know, the bandwidth costs, server costs. And, um, and we um, use the money that we get to, well, on one end, you know, to improve the service, of course, uh, and uh, for activism as well, privacy-related anti surveillance activism. Um, but we also like do it v- all this like the, the the management of our savings, and everything else, very prudently, specifically to provide that stability and 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 longevity. So like for a VPN service, that's that's very important uh, that you don't get into a situation where you have to shut down. Where, when people are on like two or three year plan, uh, plans, and also you don't get compromised because of that. So, because if you have if you get into situations, so let's say we have a big recession coming, uh, which we're, we're, we're might, probably uh, already I, in I, it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, some a uh, lot of companies will fail. A uh, lot of companies might sell out, so they 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 get um, definitely get um, offers all the time to monetize the data in other ways. They get acquisition offers from uh, entities that I wouldn't trust gets very centralized, which is not good. so they might end up in in that situation and we are running a business in a way that you know you know provides resistance against that. So if you pay for IVPN you you support that model so that's that's the
0: again, I think it's a very fair price hundred dollars a year is, happy to hear that is I'm happy to part with a hundred dollars worth of sats to to have better censorship resistance and, and privacy as I peruse the web. But you mentioned legislation earlier. That's actually something, probably a very important topic that I imagine was discussed heavily at the conference you attended this week. What, I mean, obviously VPNs are a bit of a renegade on the internet, providing people with services that governments don't want them to have. What is the regulatory landscape or the nation state attack landscape on the industry looking like?
1: yeah that's that's uh that's interesting I mean just generally the short answer is there's no legislation mm-hmm. so there's kind of like a free free for all um uh, in this sense I mean uh, specifically in the US um the most legislation that's already happening and uh and that's the the focus that talks about that is more about uh like uh India yeah so in 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 some areas yeah so so you um so in 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 areas like um uh, um india and uh of course china uh iran pakistan and some other places it's just like completely um there's the, there's a spectrum but on, on one end of the spectrum you have the complete ban you cannot use a vpn if you use a vpn that's that's a crime you will be put into jail and stuff like that there's some legislation where they where they try to like stop the use with like uh in like smarter ways which is the indian uh where they, where the, the 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 data centers that provide VPN service, they have to log. So you can use it, but you know it completely takes away the 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 reason for it. And yeah, in the Western parts, it's it's more about uh, consumer protection. But you know, for for you know, for example, if we, if if we talk about the U.S., um, it's not in the best interest of government entities to stop VPNs. Uh, because a lot of people use v- VPN services that can be, I mean, so generally it's not good for them because it's 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 encrypts the traffic. Um, but you know, if they run some of the services or they compromise some of the services, then it's give you the assurance to do everything that you think is hidden from them. You know, get that false sense of security, and then they can use the data against you. Yeah, so it's a little bit of a game theory thing going on there. Yeah, yeah, we
0: were talking about it yesterday with some of the the Bitcoiners in the comments, particularly those who have run businesses in the space and they think it's a crucial uh, operational security aspect of their businesses like being able to access very sensitive client data should be put behind a company-wide vpn
1: that I agree. that outsiders should not be able to get into definitely but yeah in the u.s um i, I know that some senators were raising concerns about the the vpn um like the promising anonymity, um, um, anonymity and all that kind of stuff so yeah and, and some of the players are trying to put together some like coalitions and, and stuff like that that uh, that's completely bullshit. what they're doing uh, and yeah, the, for different reasons but like the, I see that the big players a little bit concerned about regulation trying to show that they are self-regulating mm-hmm. um, that <laughs> can stop like the we have that in Bitcoin too particularly Bitcoin okay. mining the Bitcoin mining
0: Council we're self regulating we're all using green energy
1: okay stop it all right i don't like
0: self-regulating
1: Well, similar concept
0: self-reg i don't like self-regulating to appease
1: the government exactly exactly so just like mostly just posturing and if you if you look deeper so there's if you go on that website that they run this with the express node vpn uh like they they list a couple of things and if you check the actual but what they promise that they won't do and what they will do and if you check the providers and you go deeper in like 50 minutes you can find five things that they violate in their own chords and stuff like that so it's just like completely meaningless it's all obfuscated bullshit. yeah exactly so uh, not a fan of that either neither am
0: I we need good actors like IVPN in the space I That's think you're a good yeah. actor
1: happy to hear that you're not a spook are you well I probably wouldn't be sitting here where <laughs> uh, would you yeah I mean uh let's say uh if I'm a spook I mean so at some point I would either have to uh disappear or it would come out that I'm a spook that that would be really bad uh I'm a family man so
0: <laughs> I am too no it's yeah. funny I know Matt told me he asked you
1: That's yeah funny. straight up I yeah I met him in Amsterdam and I was like okay hi I'm, I'm from MVP and I really like your work and all that stuff and he was like oh yeah I like your project are you logging? You know, just like, <laughs> <straight> <laughs> looking at me, just like, you're not loving, are you? Are you rock pulling us? And I'm like, okay, no, I, I wouldn't be here otherwise. So, yeah, no. Um, no, I don't think you're a
0: spook or that you guys are logging. But again, trust is a spectrum. Definitely. You have to meet these people in person, and you seem like a great guy, family guy, interested in Bitcoin, on uh, the cutting edge of all the technologies. You
1: seem to be in it. Yeah, happy, to, happy that you uh, made that, that assessment from the time that we spent together. So I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. What, um, what else should we tell the freaks before we wrap up here? Any final thoughts on IVPN and nature of VPNs, privacy censorship in the digital age? Like, I think obviously the big theme of rabbit hole recap in this podcast is that governments have gone crazy. Mm-hmm. They do not care about your privacy. They do mm-hmm. not care about you. They want to control you. And, in the digital age particularly on the internet a lot of that control can be garnered by knowing what websites you're going to what you're doing what your ip is and tools like vpns if you can trust them are a good way to protect against the government's trying to control you
1: oh that's right and just want to add, i mean what i usually say is like stuff that's happening there was some conversations about this of course uh, in uh china and some other uh, other areas that's a blueprint for for other countries. They're exporting the technology. They're exporting the rhetoric. They're they, everything else. You know, it might not happen in the U.S. in the next two years or three, but uh, they are very successful in in the complete control and domination of your lives and uh, tracking everything and listing and like 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 asserting those controls through the money flows and through the digital information. And uh, there's a blueprint is out there. And like the if we let these things happen that is happening right now around us and uh we and we don't fight against that we're just gonna slide down on that on that um, slippery slope and we'll end up in some sort of uh similar dystopia uh in our western democracies so uh yeah just be be vigilant no I'm very happy you said that like that's
0: one thing I really want to get to you freaks if you just are listening or have been listening for a while that you have power, you have agency, you have the ability to make a decision. Do you let the government simply overpower you and take over control of your life? Or do you fight back by using tools like a VPN provider, like Tor, like Bitcoin, like the Lightning Network, potentially Chami and Mintz to fight back? Or do you sit there and cower and say, oh, they're too powerful, they have too many guns, they have the military, they have all this money? Stop that. Stop that. The government's government said, this is the completely convoluted point we found ourselves in human history where these governments, particularly here in the United States, where we were a republic, a union of states, and the federal government was supposed to have very little power, and they were supposed to represent us. And it has become blatantly obvious in 2023 that they do not represent us, they do not care about us, and they think they have power over us. At the end of the day, you have power. They're supposed to represent you. And if they're not doing that... You're not able to change. They're encroaching control over your life via the political apparatus. You have to use the tools that live outside of that system that give you that power back. So, well said. Thank you for thank building you. IVPN, evangelizing censorship resistance and and privacy on the web. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Where can we find out more about IVPN?
1: Yeah, uh, the, the cleanest way uh, is ivpn.net is our uh, is our uh, website, and yeah, we are active on social platforms. I would highlight Mastodon, I guess. Uh, I've checked that. Uh, no, Nost, uh, sir, right?
0: It's pronounced many different ways. That's oh, yeah, horrible.
1: okay, that's that's why I'm tripping up <laughs> on so, it. yeah, but we, we we are not active there, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll look into that as well.
0: Okay, ivpn.net. I'm telling you, from an onboarding experience, if you pay over Lightning you can go from typing ivpn into your browser to having ivpn up and running within five minutes
1: that's right it's a pretty it seamless onboarding process yeah
0: victor thank you for stopping by on your trip
1: thank you for this opportunity really enjoyed our conversation so
0: i did as well yeah. right. when uh, a lot of places i wasn't, ex- wasn't expecting but i'm happy they did all right excellent all right that's all we got today freaks peace and love
1: Tiki!